Hey, welcome back. It's Food News and Choose Radio. So, first off, happy almost Halloween. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Chef Jeremy Ashby, Sylvia Lovely. Thank you, thank you. Second half of the show, we're going to talk to the uh, creator of the 13th Floor Podcast, Leo that. York. Yeah. Great. Great. And guy. I know we're going to talk some superstitions <laughs> around <laughs> Halloween's just a couple days away. We're in fall, it's but it's... Spooky. You got some superstitions to discuss? I do. Listen to these. Um, I, I love this phrase, by the way, when I was researching this. Magic happens in the kitchen. <laughs> Don't you love that? Yeah, I mean that's magic does happen in the kitchen because you know my, especially that's my motto, right? Yeah, it's right. you. Sorry. I mean, it's just like when you're putting stuff together and you're feeding people, it is like magic. Oh and yeah, that's, that's where a lot like. of these that is where the magic superstitions is. come about. Well, you know, and and we'll hear later that Leo's going to talk to us about some. But here's an interesting one. Yeah. Large. Have you ever had a piece of bread or a big thing of bread mm-hmm. with a gaping hole in it? Wait. Oh, you mean like an air pocket? Yeah, yeah, air yeah, okay, gotcha. It spells doom. Really? Yeah. What does well, that you mean? Have a place to put butter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm with you. You also got ripped off. Yeah, got ripped of off. This. Yeah, I don't you, know if I was keeping track of it, but it spells doom. I thought that was interesting. So I'm gonna, there's a meme. So I, that's I just saw bad luck, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Bad luck. Bad There's a meme luck. I saw that maybe you just made me think of, and the meme is <clears throat> if you Google it, you'll see it says "soup is witchcraft." And I was like, "How?" Well, we put plants, spices, and dead animals into a cauldron, follow instructions from a book written by old dead people, and then uh, magic. I was like, "Well, yeah, magic. soup." When you really think about it, soup is soup much, is that amalgamation? It, yeah, of it's a, it's all a witch's magic. spell. The, it was it's a book written by old dead people. You you put your plants and your spices in. You stir it. You know you. Soup is pretty Gosh, I've never... Food. Maybe that's a new sub-career for me. I, I've never thought about yeah. cooking potions. Yeah. Maybe there's some real stuff out there. And, you know, it makes me think, too, well, be good at gravestones, yeah. which are going away, by the way. People aren't being buried anymore. They're right. cremated. But old gravestones, if there's a big movement across the country to find the ones that have recipes on them. Yeah, so that you were telling me about this, yeah. Sylvia, and like you said that... There literally is a collection of throughout the nation, maybe the, the world, recipe. and people put their famous recipe Did on. Did I ask you which recipe you'd put up? I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's going to be lobster crepes or cornbread or something <laughs> like that. How about you, Twitch? Oh, man. I don't know. That's a good. I probably put my chili recipe on there. Chili recipe. You got to love your chili. You got If you make a chili, you got you, everyone's got to have one go-to chili recipe that they just oh, hold. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, my mine is my noodle-less yes. lasagna. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I like the idea of putting a recipe on it because you go to a grave, you go to say, you know, yeah. goodbye to someone, you go to visit them. I, I like the, because I think food is the ultimate greeting. It's the ultimate thing we connect with. And by having just a symbolism, having a recipe on your grave is a symbolic way of connecting with future generations. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. I mean, I, I can just see, I replay the picture in my head of just this town lady that had the best this and everybody knew about it and everybody yeah. wanted the recipe and finally at the end she, she gave it breaks out breaks down and wonder if critchfield's fried re- uh, chicken recipes on the gravestone right. somewhere see that would be a that or would be kernels. a really good <laughs> example of because remember we tried to pry it out of her that day when she was a guest right and you know who wants to take that knowledge with them right you got to learn to oh. teach other people how to and make it's those interesting biscuits you would choose right. that knowledge yeah. To leave on your forever stone, you know, and and that's going away because people don't have stones anymore, which is kind of so, interesting. You know, maybe some recipes really are that important to families too, though. Yeah, as cookies, in this, it, like maybe that. it's something that they always had, or their mother was good at, or they could afford. You know, that mm-hmm. maybe 
you know surrounded or it was basically about the staple of the town like mm-hmm. the, the, whether they grew corn or wheat or that's that's pretty interesting stuff it yeah. is so. I, I, I like i like that also I, I i as you get older you think more not that it's a, a death not that you want to think about death but death is obviously inevitability sure. you think more of coming to terms with it yeah. and trying to make and the what best. is your contribution and right so many cooks or so many grandmas and yeah particularly it was women at that time and now we have more men who are thinking in light of that but um of what am i leaving to the world i'm not the ceo of a big corporation i didn't go out to work every day i was the home but i took person. care of people i yeah. took care of people and putting a recipe that was nurturing to people don't you yeah, think I mean, so? most this biscuit recipe made all this possible. Yeah. I mean, it fed it fed a family right. and kept everybody fed a yeah. maybe a farmhand like f- field of farmhand workers. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you think most of the memories you have of people who are past are somehow related to food? To food. They're you know yeah. it's a, it's just a don't, yeah. Don't even get me started. That's like yeah. all of my memories of my grandmother and granny. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite grandmother story is my aunt made a rum cake. And my grandmother was a teetotaler, and she'd go by that cake, and she'd get a little bite of it and oh, talk yeah. about how great that <laughs> so, cake was. Yeah. And we had just had such a fine time with that <laughs> teetotaler. <laughs> I have a, a weakness for rum cake, and simple rum cake, too. I'm just talking like even almost yeah. you could take just a this yellow real, cake and bake yeah. it and sugar the top and pour rum all over rum. it, okay, spiced so rum, and I rum, love it. Is that how you make a basic rum cake? Yeah, that, I think it's basically... It, what the, the one I make is, is kind of a cross between like just a yellow cake and pound cake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, typically we'll sugar the top so there's almost like a caramelized crust, golden crust around it. And then I'll drench that with spiced rum and then spiced. sugar the top again. What spices do you put? So you've got, you know, basically clear rum, spiced rum. There's different kinds. Oh, but it's got spiced rum. Yeah, and it, it, it literally does have spices in it. So it tastes like, you know, it's the sweet spices like cloves, cinnamon. Oh, yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. So th- it kind of is that natural holiday flavor to it. But I love rum cake. Yeah. I mean, I well, can so pour like two cups of raw <laughs> rum all over it and still just enjoy every bit of it. It gets you drunk. And, you know, it's so funny. I remember, I do remember as a kid eating the rum cake. They always give the rum cake to the kids at night because it made us go to sleep. Oh, I love that. It made the kids sleep great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't sleep well. Maybe I ought to make myself a go. rum cake. Rum cake. Uh, enjoy it. I kind of want some rum cake now, honestly. Would you say it's a fall cake? Rum cake is a fall sounds, Christmas sounds kind of like, thing. It sounds like a toddy. You know, yeah. like you know, a so physical structured toddy. What's that? The uh, rum, rum cake? cake? I mean, I know it comes out of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. You know, just that because well, it's rum, not, right? Yeah. But but you, if you think about it, in the fall and into the winter, that's when like tropical cr- fruits and stuff are coming up from that area. So maybe it is the sign I mean, of the season. Is. Really, yeah. you know, things coming up from that area. Because I think of rum being Caribbean, but not rum cake. I think of that as being wintry. I wonder if it was a way because you know we, we're going to talk about this in the next hour with uh, 13th floor host uh, uh, Leo York. How everything that was thought of magic, you know, thought it was actually very practical yeah. to them and yeah. we you know i wonder if it was a way to preserve the cake just keep the cake fresh cut you know sure. See, soak it that, alcohol, that makes cake fresh. perfect sense you know yeah. i mean that's you how, didn't waste anything if you drink beer if you've ever had an ipa uh, india pale ale the only reason ipa exists is because they added hops to beer so they could send it to india because the preserved. hops yeah. preserve the beer Fascinating. and the people are like this is good beer 
and it just happened to be one of those happy accidents. Yeah, I think you might be right here because if you, I just kind of looked up rum cake for a second, and it seems like you can buy some packaged Caribbean versions that are in a box, kind of like a jam cake, yeah, which is yeah. meant to you know be made and put away forever really i mean those things are last forever so sure. i think yeah it's probably a long traveling cake yeah it's probably something you took on a boat and with you when fruit you went cake to too fruit, that's, yeah, well, fruit, fruit, fruit cake yes yeah. same that thing forever. Exactly. Yeah. you know what i so not me personally but my father-in-law has some um uh, fruit cake that has is years old really and they they cover it so it's you eat you eat a little then you pour a little as it evaporates you pour a little more bourbon really? on it or, or i think it's bourbon but yeah i mean there are people who have rum uh, i say rum uh fruit cakes that are old. for real i didn't know that yeah they can yeah i thought you just put them out people somebody has like one little sliver then you throw it yeah, away. then you throw it away so i'm one of those weird people i, I really you like, like fruit, fruit cake, cake. Love fruit well there cake. is something wrong with you no one you ain't right <laughs> <laughs> no one makes a good fruitcake anymore. Well, you can't find them. You right? cannot. My and father I, loved them. So the best fruitcake, I think, in the world is actually from Kentucky. There is a group of monastery in Kentucky oh, yeah. that makes fruitcake. Gethsemane. Cakes. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And they make what I think they is the best. They, they make fudge. They make fudge. But oh. they make, the to me, the best fruitcake on the planet. See, and I don't really. It's got bourbon in it. I never really found one I, I loved. But I'm, I, I guess I do make one that's. The like I call it the ultimate banana bread, and it's based around a fruit cake because that's you know the cake part is banana, but then it has like dried um, uh, mango in it, you know, golden raisins, all kinds of you know nuts and different chocolate chips are in it too. So I don't know what the stuff is inside a fruit cake because there's like the green jelly things, and obviously there's some nuts. There's red. It's a lot of weird like neon Mm colors. I don't know what it is, but and a real fruit cake doesn't have a lot of cake to it. No, it's really mostly fruit. Yeah, it's a very dense, of, dry of that fruit. Stuff. I mean, you can buy, I think you can buy that fruit, whatever it is. I don't yeah. know. I don't eat no it clue. enough. But to. it's a lot of dried fruits and nuts, and it's just just enough to hold it together. Mm-hmm. And then you soak it in alcohol. Then you eat it. Yeah. <laughs> then you oh, ring it in your well, mouth. Well, tis the season. Bring there it you on. Go. Uh, the only other thing I'd mention, well, grapes, you know, at New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to eat a grape and uh, for each month. Uh, a grape, and if it's a sour grape, that means you're going to have bad luck during whatever month you oh, ate the grape that was sour. <laughs> I don't know. I've had a lot of bad months. <laughs> so you must have not done yeah. your grapes. No, I mean, I've eaten a lot of sour grapes lately. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, well, let's hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking so, of hoping for the best, you have something going on with an Italy trip, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell I us get about to tell us about So I'm flying into Rome and staying in a nice hotel. Got a couple reservations at some kind of uppity cool mm-hmm. Italian places in Rome, so I'll report back after okay. I go and visit. I'm sure I'm going to give you a full report on the menus and kind of what I think the differences are between what we experience here and what we experience in Italy. What are you expecting? Do you think it's different? Um I feel well. I've had I've had the opportunity to eat at some pretty serious Italian restaurants stateside. But yeah, I think the entire experience is just different than what I think most people think of an Italian spot. You know, we we kind of have what we call a red sauce joint here, mm-hmm. and you know, you go in, you have maybe a chopped salad, you know, pizza, pasta, all that kind of thing. And you know, over there, dining is a bit more of an experience. Usually, a three to four course meal uh, over a couple hours. So um, you know, it's not big bowls of pasta. 
pasta. It's going to be petite pastas followed by a little bit of meat, you know, maybe a little anti-pasta before. So I, I can't wait to kind of tell you the differences and see what we can bring back to, to experience because we'll be trying it in the kitchen, of course, at Azores. And so. I can't think of Italy and, a, and a, an Italian restaurant without wines yes. and how good they are at pairing up. They've been making wine a lot longer than we have here in California. You're not a big wine drinker, will you? Well, I I do with with nice meals like that. I I think wine with dinner is is civilized, so Mm -hmm. to speak. And I really do appreciate all the different varietals and flavors. Um, I got to the point where I can really pick them out, so that's fun for me. I'm interested in the breads, too, because I always think of wonderful bread dipped in olive oil. Mm -hmm. I'm also going to investigate that wheat difference everybody's talking about. Okay, does the pasta have different effect or the the wheat products are different effect on people? Um, So anyway, uh, then we get to truffle hunt with dogs, which is going to be pretty interesting. Yes. So we get to have the dogs. You're renting and, the dogs? Yeah. We're, we're not renting. I guess we'll have a guide, but we get to go truffle hunting and dig for So these white dogs and, sniff out? Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's pretty cool, huh? It is cool. So I'll see under the Colosseum where the gladiators were in Rome. That's going to be cool. Is this like a tour you signed yeah, up for? Yeah. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Will you go so, into the countryside? I'm sorry. So oh. we'll be in the countryside um, in a villa, and there's a few things planned out with wineries and uh, some cheese uh, experiences and balsamic vinegar and olive oil. So it, you know, we kept it around food, if you know what I mean. It's going to be a nice Imagine experience. That. Yeah. There's a place in Rome. I'm sorry. I was trying to look it up. It, there's a place in Rome that's known for, and this is going to sound disgusting, but known for their pancreas sandwiches. Their what? From cow pancreas. And they, evidently, it's been around like a hundred years, and they haven't. It's one of those places. There's a giant vat of like basically fried pancreas, <laughs> and they just dip a bread, slap it on. It's like their version of a, I don't know, like a like an Italian beef sandwich. Yeah, but it's in Rome, and I will send you the link. Evidently, it's it's one of those culinary experiences you have to have. It reminds me. What's the other thing? Um, oh, that's a similar kind of Tri- thing. Porchetta. No, like, I'm gonna have that too. Testicles. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that called? Yeah, uh, uh, Rocky Mountain oysters, or you know, yeah. lamb fries. I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. I've had Jeremy, I've had that a few times. Jeremy, would you do the pancreatic thing? Um, pancreatic thing that sounded weird. <laughs> so uh, yeah, out of duty, I, I think I would. I probably would enjoy it. I'd. Ha- I really would like to see what's going on. I, I, I well, the way you explain it to me is just kind of mind-boggling. So I want to see this big <laughs> fried thing going on where people are hacking off portions of it and putting on a sandwich. I will show you pictures of it. Evidently, people swear by it. And well, it's using the whole animal. Which is uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying it. It's just, I, I want to see it. It's just You know, fun. that's the thing. A lot of, uh, you know, when, you, actually, here's a, a picture of it. But um, a lot of places. That. What's it look like? They, they dip it and then they, they, it's like a vat. I'll oh, that's you. not too bad. Yeah, I'll, yeah, but you yeah, know, you, you do don't, that. you yeah. don't waste the animal. You know, yeah, in, in this everything. country, we eat muscle, we eat loin, we eat, you know, we want just the good parts of the meat, but we realize how much how tasty the what they call offal is. That's right. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's actually quite delicious and people really don't eat around here is tripe. You know, like yeah, the, what is that? The stomach. The oh yeah, yeah. So. Um, and, you know, that you boil that down, I mean, there's a lot of good Italian preparations, a lot of good South American or Mexican preparations yeah. with tripe that are absolutely fantastic. You'll love it if you tried it. But Is there okay. anything you can't get down with? Me? Yeah. I don't like barbecue baked beans. 
<laughs> take the grub. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I'm serious. That's about the only thing I don't get down on. Uh, other than I don't really do the testicles. Uh, I, I've had them. They're fine. I just that it's texture for me. Yes, yeah, texture. Yeah. I yeah. really dislike, and I, I've had I've had them multiple ways. And no one can make me like them. I dislike chitlins. I've had them. Oh. Yeah, I don't can do without them. them. No matter how well you clean them, they yeah, always smell like where something. they came from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'll never <laughs> be able to stomach those. No oh, yeah. Do. The absolute no-no is durian, and I know we've talked about that. There's that's the uh, that fruit, that's man. That's a fruit. Get you know, it you out said here. stunk up the hole? Uh, yes, it, it almost cleared out our dining room one night, Sylvia. Wow. It's terrible. I can't I can't get past the smell of it. Durian is it it's it should be on the Halloween episode. I'm glad we're talking about well, it. Well, speaking scary. of things that are scary, when we come back, we're gonna yeah. talk to Leo York from the thirteenth floor podcast about some crazy superstitions, uh magic and all kinds of things. So don't go anywhere. It's food news and choose radio. Hey, welcome back. It's Food News and Choose Radio. It is almost Halloween, and it wouldn't be a, a proper Halloween show if we didn't have something at least a little bit spooky. Do we have any music? Yes. Yeah, very. We, high budget show. <clears throat> I know. That's very what I figured. Budget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Leo York making his second appearance on the show from the 13th Floor Podcast, which is, explain, like, how would yeah. you describe the podcast? <laughs> 13th Floor sure. says a lot. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, we talk about spooky, paranormal, strange, conspiracies, and we do it with kind of a more lighthearted glance at it than most other folks. Is there any one that you think is just ridiculous when it comes to conspiracies? Oh, or? oh, we ripped, and we get a lot of backlash for it, we ripped Flat Earth apart. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just not viable sorry <laughs> <laughs> i never understood the but flat earth do you know about the flat earth conspiracy no there's a I'm lot of people team. and i say well lot. i know there are people who believe okay. that it it's pretty prominent yeah yeah it's somewhat mainstream and they believe the earth is flat and we've been lied to we there's an ah. ice shelf around the world yep. but what they've never been able to and I, no one's ever been explained to me is why Right. Like, why lie about? Of all the things we could lie about, why lie about that? It's very strange. Yeah. It makes no sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. And most of the ways they explain uh, all the phenomena that yeah. are perfectly explained by an orb Earth yeah. is, oh, well, that's dark matter and dark energy. And yeah. it's, just, it's just throwing hey, magic at it. What's your most popular show of Ooh, all time? I think Ooparts is still number one. Well, which is? Space and time objects. So things that b- shouldn't belong where they are, like you find a calculator in ancient Greece or something. Like the Antithakira mechanism, that's mm-hmm. a big one. It's basically a computer, but it's like 3,000 years old. The Baghdad really? battery. Oh, yeah, that's a good that's one, a good too. One. Yeah, I mean, some of those things can be explained by science, too. Like the Baghdad battery, I mean, that, yeah. that's a viable little battery device. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean. How? But it was 2,000 years too 2000 soon. Years right. too How soon. Yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah. fascinating. But you're here today. Yes, it's uh, Halloween, yeah. a couple of days before Halloween. Perfect time of year. And uh, you're going to spook us and scare us to death, aren't you? Gonna tell correct. us about hauntings and superstitions. <laughs> and, yep. well, you know, we were having a great conversation before we went on air uh, about superstitions really grow up in places like eastern kentucky um, places where people live close to the land Mm -hmm. and they listen to nature you know the uh, native americans have a lot of that and also places where people are somewhat isolated Yes. You know, yeah. when you're in a holler or you're in a little village, you know, like we talked about this off the air, my grandmother's from Sicily and right. she lived in a little village and there wasn't a doctor in every village or wasn't. So they had to come up so with they had remedies. Up. They had women that, you know, that did, you know, here we call them kitchen witches or yeah. in, in Eastern Kentucky, they have a name. Root but, workers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's, there's every culture has some version of that. Yeah. No, definitely. There's a, there's an inherent need, I, I think, as part of the human condition 
uh, to be shamanistic. Which right, right. To yeah. me, lends credence to the idea that maybe we really do live in a shamanistic world, and yeah, we're, there's we're something just denying beyond. it with modernity. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and, and our minds are limited to, you know, and there's has perceive. to be that one wise person. And as to which I think you were saying frequently, and most of the time, it's a female, in older most woman. Cultures, it's an older woman who, you know, you look at... Uh, it's magical. Yeah, you look at you know European traditions and uh, yeah. Eastern Kentucky traditions and around the world, almost everywhere except for South America, where the, it's usually a yeah. male shaman. Mm. But the shaman is, you know, you, whoever, male or woman, is generally the wise person and the, and the you older, did, wiser. You right? didn't know that I was in your midst, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting that that was such a part of uh, the culture back then. You know, I think spirituality was much more present. And then society kind of now puts that on the fringe. You know, yeah. any kind of that's not maybe a, a church or an organized religion, any of that kind of fringe witchcraft mm-hmm. is, you're not supposed to look at that. Right. Yeah. Pagan, yeah. But mm-hmm. that, was, that was part of people's lives every day. They didn't then. even notice it. Most uh, pagan religions didn't have a name until they encountered another religion to compare themselves to. And Right. Yeah. When I went to Japan, I was really in awe of, of the culture because if you talk to most folks in Japan, they'll tell you they're not religious, which is why most people think Japan is a largely atheist country. But when I was there, I noticed that that wasn't the case at all. It was just part of life so much that it didn't need a name and it didn't need to be called attention to. Wow, that's a really interesting concept. That's yeah. a really interesting concept. I never really thought of it like yeah. that. Yeah, like you can ask a Japanese person in Japan, like, you know, are you religious? No, I'm not religious at all. Well, why do you say itadakimasu before you eat? Well, you have to say that. And it's like, well, why not? Why not just not say it? Well, but it shows a gratitude. Little, uh, there's a lot of honoring of the dead in, yes. in, in, in uh-huh. that culture. And a lot yes. of, you know, in the Shinto. And the, there's a lot it, of food superstitions yeah. in relation to that. Like, it's Ooh. very rude in a Japanese restaurant to put your uh, chopsticks upright in the bowl of rice, and it's uh-huh. because it looks looks like incense at a funeral and similarly you don't pass food chopstick to chopstick because after someone's cremated that's how they pass the bones to their uh, final interment. oh you know, wow so, yeah, that's, that's why if you go to a japanese place don't don't jab your chopsticks i thought all you had to watch out for I, was I to slurp that. your noodles i thought all you had to do was slurp your noodles <laughs> you also don't pour your own drink yeah there was something about burping after a meal being a compliment though in I, some places yeah. and yeah yeah, it's interesting. Slurping, burping, yeah. Slurping, yeah. making yeah. noise. It's all good. Yeah, it's a visceral experience. Sure. And you should enjoy yeah. it in yeah. a visceral Slurp. way. So we're told not it's to hard. make or have eating noises on the air because some people <laughs> are turned off by that. I know, sure. this is interesting. I don't know. There, there's it, some, some kind of eating it, and food sounds can be kind of the ASMR, they call it, right? Oh, right. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a when it comes to like slurping, there's a practicality to that because it – aerates the the liquid mm. so that you can experience more of the flavor I like, it, it was I like hard that to fancy do. kind of talk too but it's really like you're it, trying to get it, was, it in there it was really hard to do though as an american yeah. to sloop Acclimate slurp your it, yeah. uh, noodles and but yeah. i mean you know i, I got into it the, the only thing uh, you shouldn't do is chew with your mouth at the, the sound of chomping it's just uh, the worst yeah. sound yeah, <laughs> I've, I've been on a few podcasts where people will smack their lips too, and it's oh. always like, ah, oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a couple of superstitions and so a couple of hauntings to talk yeah. to us about today. Um, interestingly enough, Twitch, you had mentioned that your uh, grandmother was from Sicily mm-hmm. and practiced uh, a form of Italian folk magic. Yeah, and a lot of that revolved around. It's all true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A yeah. lot of that revolves <laughs> now around explains a lot. <laughs> a lot of that revolves around repelling the evil eye, or in some the cases. Casting exactly. Yeah. yeah, my grandmother literally used to do the is that evil the eye. The ah. No, so the evil eye <laughs> is almost I you call it demonic. My grandmother would 
for lack of a better word, hex people mm. with the evil oh. eye. And that's a legitimate thing in a lot of like Absolutely, Southern yeah. Italian culture. Oh, yeah. 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 Is that maybe like today the stinky eye? Is that what you're saying? Kids say that. Oh, that's no, a the evil eye is an eye. It's a well, thing. There is an okay. amulet, yep. though. It's like a blue, lapis so lazuli looking okay, eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which that is kind of what I wonder is the origin of this particular superstition. And you see it in lots of cultures where garlic is present. Garlic yeah. repels evil. Yeah. And originally, we think of it now more so like vampires. But really, garlic repelled the evil eye. That was why people uh-huh. would hang it up in their windows. That, and it's practical because it's a good way to dry it. But I have wondered, you know, what the reason for that? Like, why is garlic so prominently associated with repelling evil? And I can think of three reasons, and two are kind of out there that I just sort of thought up. And one's more practical, which okay. most magic has a practical root. One, these evil eye amulets, they're, they're these azure-looking irises with these clear pupils. Mm-hmm. Well, if you actually cut garlic, a lot of times when you've got the sprout in it, it actually resembles that amulet. Oh. So I wonder if there's that connection. That's just me wondering that, though. Well, um, yeah, but things do have connections exactly. throughout well, that's sympathetic folklore. magic. You know, if something looks like a something, and that's also instinctive. Like little kids will put flames on their bicycle to make it go faster. That's sympathetic magic. It's like, well, yeah, fire's fast. Fire's that's right. Yeah, the, yeah. the red bike is faster than the blue bike. Um, well, another connection possible that I've, I've wondered about is the word for garlic, allium, yeah. comes from the word for wing, aloe. And, you know, if you look at a clove of garlic, it's got these little papery projections that kind of look wing-like. Well, in old, old, I'm talking Greek and Roman and Etruscan uh, amulets, they would put wings on all sorts of stuff to repel stuff. The most common, like, little kids would wear a phallus with wings around their neck till they came of age because it kept them from getting childhood diseases. Oh, wow. So maybe so, it could be, like, the whole onion-garlic family. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll actually just, get to onions. Maybe they just onions. don't like bad breath yeah. in general. Like, right. There you go. Yeah. Well, see, funny enough, you, you mentioning that, that, I think, is the real reason why is, again, a lot of magic and folklore is steeped in actual practicality in retrospect. And what I think is more likely is people who had garlic in their homes – People started observing, like, hey, how come that family over there that has a lot of garlic in their house, they don't ever seem to get sick or afflicted by any kind of evil spirits? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because garlic, the, the natural allicine in it and the sulfur compounds, they repel mice and roaches and pests and things that spread disease. And I believe in some ways it's a natural uh, antiseptic. Antiseptic, yes. Yeah, that's that's a, I, think I mean, even now, I know. Tons of people who use garlic for like folk remedies for sore throats and everything. What, isn't there like a scientific property uh, behind saging too? Like the smoke uh, actually yeah. does. It's antibacterial. <clears throat> yeah, interesting. It actually is. So I've read about this a few years ago, where they found that sage, burnt sage, actually has antibacterial properties mm. for the air. Wow. So it literally cleans the air nice. by burning sage. Yeah. And it was oh, one of those things people do to cleans the air of spirits, but if seer- spirits get you sick. You know what I mean? Right. It's, Before yeah. germ theory, so it like makes the perfect sense. They don't like the smell of sausage either. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> sausage, onions, garlic. There's no evil anywhere around my house. Oh, man. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is between garlic and Thanksgiving stuffing, you should not have any <laughs> Well, I've thought about the daily. connection to Thanksgiving because it's giving thanks. I'm just trying to sure. maybe you know, you try maybe tortured almost try to put these things all together <laughs> because at some point they are kind of. You, we celebrated things. We celebrate certain meals Absolutely. with certain kinds of dishes. Yeah. Why? You know, why did that? Why does turkey get to be the center and sage sure. dressing and yeah. all of that? The Feast of the Seven Fishes, going yeah. back to Italian yeah. culture, that was that's. There's a reason for that number. There's a reason why you do these things to honor, 
you know, whether it's religious or spiritual, there's a meaning behind, there's a meaningful significance behind a lot of the things we do now. The Halloween, uh. uh, Halloween in itself, mm-hmm. it's, it's very different the way it was celebrated, but all the things are steeped in some type of tradition. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I even think most, if not all the things that we associate with like purification, spiritual purification, if you really strip them down, they're, they're good ways to not die pre-antibiotics. So, yeah, I think yeah. there's a connection there. Yeah. I love that, to not die. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you live to 35, you got to Yeah, you got to make the most out of it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, uh, do you have more superstitions or do you oh, want to go to hauntings? No, no, we got a few How more. much time do we have? Oh, we don't want to run out of About six minutes. So. Okay. okay. Well, I'll, go, I'll do one more superstition then. Um, another big superstition that you see every, almost everywhere in the West is uh, – if you spill salt, it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. and you throw yeah. it over your left shoulder. And that comes from a long-standing practice. Salt was very hard to come by up until recently. You know, now you can go to the Dollar Tree and get a pound of it for nothing. But in the past, I mean, that's actually where the word Slavs come from. Like the group of people, they were enslaved, and they were made to work in salt mines. And it was horrible, horrible conditions. I know that. And that's why salt's very expensive. Oh, wow. and you know, I always, always heard the phrase salt mines. I guess I never really realized yeah. there were salt mines. I always mines. think of it with, like, Pinocchio. It makes yeah. the little kids go to work in the yeah. salt mines. Yeah. So that um, was a form of slavery. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. It seemed like it, it, it had such value back then. Uh-huh. There would be like a big industry behind it. But of course, back where we then, get the phrase "worth your salt" is literally if you were a slave, yeah, yeah, sure. it was worth your salt. The yeah. sure, sure, thing sure. was just the Bible tell God turned that person into, into a pillar salt. of salt. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. definitely biblical connections. Oh yeah, that uh, is. I salt think is, is sort of seen as holy and divine because it, again, repels bacteria. You can literally take almost any dead animal and add enough salt to it, and it'll just last. It gets yeah, rid of true. decay. So, That's I mean, true. there's a phrase in Kentucky uh, for spoiled kids. All the salt in the world wouldn't save that kid because they're so <laughs> oh, spoiled. I haven't heard that <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. Southeast Kentucky, you hear it a lot. Um, but, yeah, so spilling salt is sort of seen as, as wasting something that's holy, that's sacred, that, that helps keep you, again, alive. And uh, we see this in a lot of cartoons. Also, the idea of the devil being on your left shoulder telling you to do bad things. Well, those two ideas yeah, sort of came together. together. So if you spill salt, you throw it, throw over, it your over your shoulder, shoulder. to keep <laughs> the devil away. Wow, you know, that is so cool. like horror movies, too, where they'll take salt and make a circle absolutely. of protection around them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Absolutely. Well, that, that's really done in, in certain pagan religions. Absolutely. That's, that's an actual practice. I mean, yeah. I'm just learning that I am it. invincible. I, I am surrounded <laughs> by spilled <laughs> salt all the time. <laughs> Onions, garlic, sausage, I and sage. Know. I you know. heard about sausage, uh, but the rest well, of it—that's yeah. where I get the sage. Now, oh, okay. Leo, um, hauntings. Uh, sure. You know, I mean, you gotta wonder that some of this stuff is so it is that it isn't real. That some oh, people yeah. have the ability to see beyond mm. oh, their yeah. earthly existence. Oh, yeah. Last time and we were here, you mentioned uh, that hauntings usually have a negative connotation. Yeah. But uh, in Frankfurt, there's actually a, a haunted distillery. Um, Buffalo Trace, and it has a positive connotation, like you mentioned last time. Um, yeah. There was a foreman and his employees, and they were moving barrels. And there's been a lot of stories about Buffalo Trace having spirits. Period. Like I, I could list off twenty, but this one I think is really notable. So the foreman, they're moving barrels, and uh, they hear a voice, very Amityville, just yell, "Get out!" And they they pause and they're like, "Who said that?" And they wait a few minutes, and they hear it again. Get out. You leave. Yeah. You don't ask questions. That, you go. That's you exactly what they like, did. Yeah. You're not going to oh, peek around no. the corner? That's exactly <laughs> what they did. They all got out, and after they all got out, the building collapsed. 
So that disembodied voice saved him. Wow. You know, and you wonder sometimes are these disembodied things? Um, I don't know about y'all, but like my mother died unhappy. And she was an unhappy person. And she kept visiting me. I know she did. Mm. I mean, just little things would happen. My father was a happy person. And I never got visited right. by my dad. Unfinished business. But you yeah. think about that unfinished business, maybe that she had. She sure. had. Maybe there is this kind of in-between stage, yeah. and some people well, don't get out of it. You yeah. know. Well, I funny mean, enough, same distillery. Unfinished business makes me think of it. Since yeah, I think we got a little time. Um, same same distillery, Buffalo Trace. They were given a tour on one occasion, and they think the master distiller never really left. And I guess maybe this was his unfinished business. They were going to tour, and uh, he was talking about some particular whiskey, the living distiller. And uh, a voice calls out and says, rye, just really loud, rye. And uh, they they couldn't find out the source of it. It makes me wonder, like, was he telling him they mm-hmm. needed to add more mm-hmm. rye yeah. to the batch? Wow. Like, cause make it a little spicier? So, yeah, maybe wow. that was his unfinished it's, business. You know, this is kind of like what there's this the philosophy kind of thing where the universe speaks to you and most of us can't hear it Mm. because we're not on that wavelength we don't allow ourselves to hear it like meditation is based on that you get to an altered state and um, you know there are just weird things happen if you I was in a class the other night my students Mm -hmm. and one fellow was reading a story that was a heartbreaking story I mean he had done something that killed 28 people Mm. and he and and he started to cry and i said don't apologize he said i'm sorry and someone out in the cafe said don't apologize uh, and it was like wow i mean what what kind of weird little universe things don't happen by accident right yeah there's a book by carl jung called synchronicity highly recommend it mm. i think i think it's why they say you know children and animals have these experiences more yeah, than, yeah. and i think you you Teach you kind of uh, whether it's a vibration or whatever you teach yourself as you get older older to ignore it. Yeah, and sure, you yeah. you talk yourself out of these things. And when you're we you don't have those preconceived notions, your mind's a much more open to things. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. and 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 you transcend. Uh, what is it? Yoga or meditation? Sure. I mean, All of those things take away that little voice that holds you down that's right a, that's some huge stuff i mean some of it the is. deep focus meditations and you know where you're unlocking chakras and going up something. to the top level can put you in a state of utter peace where you almost have a connection to another level. to the yeah. to infinity or it's whatever very, you very want to call it well very religious in some yeah senses. and speaking of foods and it's not technically a food but it's a drink you know when you look into like research on ayahuasca oh, yeah. and certain hallucinogenics that are used yeah that kind of they open up it's funny it's people who do that have very similar experiences uh, yeah, yeah. we just the yeah they're seeing yeah. the same thing we just right. hope that they don't try to shut down the engines of an airplane <laughs> right, 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 right. yeah yeah absolutely that's, oh my that's god real life scary yeah. on that note uh man leo great talking to you 13 hey. four podcast Thanks for Check out me. all the back episodes at 13th Floor Podcast. Get it wherever you get your amazing award-winning podcasts. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for having me. It was great. Yeah, thank you for coming. You, great to talk to you. Back in a moment. <laughs> Food, News, and Shoes Radio.